0: gonna be such a weird intro (laughs) okay it's fine it's fine hello and welcome to mash mouth a podcast covering every single episode of the hit 1970s sitcom mash i'm vanessa
1: and i'm ethan
0: okay ethan are you ready for a wild ride
1: i mean i suppose (laughs) let me strap in
0: (laughs) Okay, so I have a little bit of trivia about a show called All in the Family. And because, while this is not exactly MASH related, (laughs) it's a sitcom of the same era. So I figured you'd appreciate this. So for our listeners who don't know, All in the Family was a 1970s sitcom. It had some really crazy problematic aspects of it, but it also was very progressive almost for the subject matters that it handled. uh, Very much like MASH. So, all in the family had this crazy extended universe, and that's what I'm gonna tell you about. So it spawned a bunch of spin offs, and a lot of them were really successful. So, have you ever heard of this show called Maud?
1: Yes, I've heard of Maud. I don't know what Maud did. like I've heard of All in the family. I could not tell you what All in the Family is either. I've just seen them at the piano playing the song (laughs) because that's what Family Guy references for their intro, so I've seen Mm -hmm. that. But my knowledge of All in the Family is literally nothing, so continue with your ride.
0: (laughs) So Maud is the titular character of the show, and she's played by B. Arthur, who, by the way, was also Dorothy from The Golden Girls, so amazing.
1: A true queen.
0: (laughs) Yes. Maud, I found out, is supposed to be in universe Edith Bunker's cousin. So I was like, "Oh, that's really cool." So, Maud then spawned the sitcom Good Times, which was another like crazy kind of progressive show for the time period, and the character, the main character Florida Evans was first introduced in Maud as the maid. And so then another sitcom the Jeffersons was also a spin-off of All in the Family, and it ran longer than All in the Family. It ran eleven seasons to All in the Family's nine seasons. And to tie this back to MASH, it was all on CBS during the nineteen seventies.
1: So what you're saying is All in the Family was the first cinematic universe.
0: I would say so, yeah. I I, I would I would honestly say so. <laughs>
1: That's, uh, that's very interesting. I, I know the Jeffersons as well. I think I've seen a few episodes of the Jeffersons actually, because they have a very famous theme song, uh, which I I just remember being in my head as a kid. Maybe it was on Nick at night or something like that, but I love a shared universe. What can I say? I'm a, I'm a simple, I'm a simple man. You show me one thing, you connect it to another thing. And I'm like, oh yeah, here we go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so I just thought that any of our old sitcom fanatics out there would like to know that CBS was great at doing extended universes and progressive sitcoms apparently.
1: And you know, in theory, MASH is in any universe where the Korean War happened.
0: That's very true. I like to I like that. I like to think that MASH just exists in every every universe. <laughs>
1: Hawkeye is canon to every universe except the real one. <laughs> well, even the real one, because it's based on a true story novel, right? Like, it's a biography. So there is a Hawkeye out there. MASH is just canon in real life. is <laughs> canon. <laughs> that is maybe the dorkiest sentence you've ever said.
0: <laughs> okay, so let's get into the episode.
1: Yes, please.
0: So in this episode, entitled Ceasefire, Everyone takes rumorous fact and believes that the war is ending. They celebrate, they're saying their goodbyes, and they even burn a few bridges along the way, which is very comical. But unfortunately, because this is only episode 23 of an 11-season show, we all know that the fun probably can't last. So, Ethan, what did you think about this episode?
1: I like this one a lot. Like This was a really fun one for me. And it was a very sad one for me. We'll we'll get into why I thought it was sad a little later on. But I'm surprised that this wasn't the season finale. Like, it's just kind of mm-hmm. odd to me that they did this as the penultimate episode, I guess you'd say, you know, the one before the mm-hmm. finale, when this feels so much like the story that you would do as the final episode of the season.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. It definitely had season finale vibes. I enjoyed this episode i didn't think it was like groundbreaking or anything but i did like it but you're right it definitely felt like the end of a season if it ended this way it would have been pretty good i think
1: like i i don't know how like watching tv really kind of worked in the 70s because i am so like raised on like having imdb at my fingertips when i can just look up you know all the episodes of a given season and I can know, like, oh, well, episode 16 just aired this week. And now uh, I know that there's 24 episodes in the whole season. But I don't know if, uh, like, in the 70s, you had that knowledge, like, if you knew that a new M.A.S.H. would be on the week after this one, or if you thought, uh, like, oh, well, this probably was the season finale.
0: <laughs> I Yeah, I wonder. I know that we kind of ragged on TV Guide a couple of episodes ago, but I wonder how big of... A resource TV guide kind of was at that point, you know what I mean, yeah, um, to like really know when a season's ending, if there's another episode coming, if you should expect that this is like gonna be the last episode, you know i I think that maybe we should interview somebody who was alive during the seventies to kind of have them on un- <laughs> let us understand like what what was going through everyone's mind when this first aired.
1: Yeah, if you uh, if you grew up watching MASH, email us and tell us how kind of watching episodes worked. We'd love to hear from you and uh if if you don't mind, we'll talk about that on the show.
0: So, let's get into kind of the plot of the episode a little bit more. Right off the bat, <laughs> this episode, well, you knew it was going to kind of be chaotic because In the scene where it's kind of revealed that there's a ceasefire, Henry says to Hawkeye and Trapper, who are in the office when he finds out the news, you know, don't tell anybody. Keep this under wraps. This is just a rumor. And then immediately, Radar bursts in with basically the whole camp and is like, oh, yay, we're having a ceasefire. The war is going to be over.
1: (laughs) Yeah, the entire camp immediately, upon hearing like the slightest implication Is like, all right, well, we're done. We're going home, which, (laughs) you know, as we learned in this episode, maybe you shouldn't do. But I I did like how everyone immediately is like, thank God, like having the time of their life. Hawkeye grabs the phone from Henry and tells General Barker, I think it was. uh, I'm not sure which general or Clayton was this general Clayton? because there are two generals right it's Parker and Clayton and they switch out I think it's Clayton Hawkeye tells Clayton or whoever that he wants to have their baby which I thought was insane I was like wow that's a crazy thing to hear being said
0: (laughs) that's so Hawkeye but also I feel like he would not say that to a general unless it was like okay the war is over i can say i, mean, I can have even less of a
1: filter <laughs> like we said he he does kind of burn a few bridges in this one um <laughs> but just the like let me have your baby like twice is you know for like a 70s show i thought that was kind of extreme i was like whoa that's probably pushing a boundary there <laughs> <laughs>
0: I did think it was really interesting how in this episode they kind of showed everybody's reactions to it a little bit differently and how everyone was kind of handling the news. The biggest aspect of that was Trapper not really believing that the ceasefire was going to happen. Even right off the bat in Henry's office, he's sitting there and he's saying, you know, I just don't know about this. I just I just don't know about this. And I thought that that was really kind of cool for Trapper's character Because I feel like Hawkeye would maybe be the skeptic and like the cynic a little bit more than Trapper. And I thought that that was very interesting that Trapper took on that role of being very skeptical of the ceasefire.
1: Yeah, I love Trapper. I really do. I think he is an excellent Mm -hmm. character, but... Especially kind of early on, there isn't that much separating him and Hawkeye. Like, they are kind of Mm -hmm. two halves of the same guy. Like, you know, they aren't really distinct from one another in a lot of ways. Uh, Mm -hmm. But this is... You can see that he is is different. He does think different. He's not always going along with Hawkeye. That he's like... He has a cynical side. And like you said, that's very interesting. Because you'd assume that Hawkeye, being the main character... Would be the one that's more world weary. But I, I really like how Trapper is characterizing this. It kind of gives him a bit more dimensionality than we've seen uh, so far.
0: Yeah, definitely. And throughout this episode, like the whole main plot is kind of just how everyone is celebrating and dealing with this ceasefire in their own ways. So what I thought was really funny was when Klinger found out that there was going to be a ceasefire, he was like, oh no, like his biggest issue was like, oh no, I have all these dresses that I don't know what to do with now. So he has this uh ceasefire sale, he says, Which is and he starts so giving funny. away the dresses. A ceasefire oh, sale God, is that. the
1: funniest joke I've ever heard. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Why didn't they title the episode Ceasefire Sale?
1: <laughs> they should have. That's so funny. <laughs> Stupid puns like that just just get me going. I'm like, yes, more of that please. <laughs> I love how everyone kind of reacted differently. You kind of get like running things throughout it. you get you know Frank and Margaret kind of breaking up and that was that was kind of interestingly handled. Uh, we will talk about mm-hmm. that more in a bit. Uh, but I really liked how uh, radar was treating it like high school graduation. Where he had like yeah. the yearbook or scrapbook, and he was taking it around to everybody I was like sign my scrapbook and it was just a good reminder of how like young he is, like that he is mm-hmm. the kid of the group that he's you know supposed to be a teenager, I think still and i I liked how he was just going around like sign my yearbook it was
0: really sweet. The one that really got me of course, um and there was kind of an extended scene on this was when Radar was in Henry's tent, and he asked Henry if he had the opportunity to sign his scrapbook yet, and it was so sweet how what Henry said, which was very, very simple of like, you know, I wish you the best, your friend, Henry Blake, stuff like that, It you could see that it really affected Radar, and he really, really took those words to heart, and I thought that that was so endearing and
1: heartfelt. Okay. So I'm going to fight you on this because normally we kind of cut this stuff out. But I can't dance around it in this one. Henry leaves the show later on. Like he, mm-hmm. he meets an unfortunate end. Let's just say that. And <laughs> this episode, he's talking about how he's like excited to go back to his kids and his wife mm-hmm. and like excited to deal with his like mortgage and everything. And it just made me so sad because I know that Henry doesn't get to do that I know that he doesn't Mm -hmm. get to go home and live a mundane life obviously when this aired you didn't know that and I'm sure it was not on the the writer's minds to like imply this bleak ending but when you watch it with retrospect you're like oh no Henry buddy I just want to give you like a hug because you're you're not going to be able to live that like fun mundane life
0: Oh my god, Ethan, that's so sad. I literally wasn't even thinking that. Like Oh no. <laughs> I was I I take these episodes just trying to take them very <laughs> episodically and I'm going to contradict myself a little bit right now. Um <laughs> because that is terribly sad and i can't believe that you were the one to bring up the (laughs) downside of something because that's usually my job but i will say sorry
1: you bring up the the real world like sadness (laughs) i bring up the lord sadness,
0: the in-universe sadness (laughs) i will say though i did think it was kind of sad that Henry was kind of giving Radar the brush off a little bit because yeah. Henry clearly has a life to go back to and Radar kind of doesn't want to lose his connections that he's made there because you know this is his first real venture into adulthood and he doesn't have much to go back to when he goes home so this this is kind of explored a little bit more in depth in the later part of the series but it's really nice to see this continuity in Radar's character And it kind of gives him a little bit more depth and just you get more of a sense of Radar's character, why he feels like Henry is his father figure and whatnot. And I really like that part of it kind of going and knowing what's going to happen in later parts of the show and like what's more explored about these characters later on. It gives it this little bit of context that if you just didn't know, you wouldn't catch. You know what I mean?
1: yeah i I get you that they always do see each other as father and son, and like that's very explicit mm-hmm. in this like they straight up say it and they say it at the same time that they see each other as yeah. father and son, which is very cute, but yeah, with those lines, I did think it was odd that that Henry was giving Radar the cold shoulder when he said, "We'll get lunch together" in the way that you say, "We'll get lunch together," and then you never get lunch together. <laughs> Knowing that they do genuinely care for each other was just a little bit odd, but it also made sense cuz like Henry's an adult man with a mm-hmm. family and Radar is you know in universe a 19 year old who's like very naive like they're not probably Mm -hmm. going to hang out in the real world yeah of course this whole scene was probably the highlight of the episode because it just you know it's very human and it gives the characters a lot of like depth to them whereas like this felt like Mm -hmm. a very real interaction
0: yeah i really liked this part until you mentioned that There's this underlying sadness to it. I don't like it. (laughs) Sorry. Let's get into some more of the comedy aspect of the episode.
1: That would be nice.
0: I thought it was really funny when Hawkeye is kind of having these final dates with the nurses, and they are all telling him, like, you know, we have to make plans for the future, and when we leave the war. And he
1: lies to them and tells them, oh, I've been married this whole time. Sorry, we can't make future plans. The only woman I recognize here was Cutler. Like, she's the only one that I think, like, had a name. And I think the blonde girl that's the first one is in other Mm -hmm. episodes, but, like, she's just very throwaway. Um, But this whole bit of, like, his get out of jail free card is like, I'm married, But he always says it while they're still on a date with each other, like not at the end, like just kind of in the middle. So he always ruins their date so that like they storm (laughs) out of it, which I thought was like a funny thing for him to consistently screw up on. You should time that better if you want to have like a fun last date. But no, he's got to he's got to ruin it for himself.
0: I thought it was so mean, too, that he was kind of suggesting to all these nurses that, oh, yeah, we have a future together, and then comes about that, no, actually, we don't, because I'm fake married. One thing, one thing. Did you catch-
1: They mentioned Vermont again?
0: Yes. When Hawkeye's on the first date with the first blonde nurse, he suggests that he's married, she asks if he has kids, and and he says five. And she's shocked. And Hawkeye goes, oh, it's cold in Vermont. And it's getting me thinking, is Hawkeye supposed to live in Vermont? Like, is that where he's supposed to be from? And we've just dreamed Crabapple Cove, Maine all this time.
1: I just am so confused. (laughs) So we call a retcon. I think I mentioned that the first time that uh, (laughs) Hawkeye was mentioned be from Vermont. But at this point, the continuity error is that he's from Maine. You know, like that's not something that's established. Is it though? I don't, I don't think they mentioned yeah, I Maine it at all be. in season one.
0: Yeah, I, I'm just like, I'm so confused. I'm literally so confused about that's this, so and funny. I'm, I, I, I'm just, I'm flabbergasted because flabbergasted. not, not anything against Vermont. I love Vermont and I love Maine, but I'm just like, what the hell? What the heck?
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. As soon as he said Vermont, I like. You know, you know that gif of the guy like doing math in his head, and all the numbers are like around him. <laughs> I immediately did that, where I was like, "Wait a second, is the is the main the continuity error, or is the Vermont a continuity error?" Because I I remember you like freaking out about it, so I was like, "Wait a minute, what's wrong here?" <laughs>
0: <laughs> what's wrong with this picture? Yeah, it'll be interesting because I not to keep going on about this. But I think it'll be interesting to kind of get that confirmation later on in this series where either he is from Maine or he's vacationing in Maine or he has a vacation home in Maine or something like that. I can't wait until we get there. I am... It's
1: probably going to be nothing.
0: (laughs) I know. But this is something that I need cleared up. Anyway.
1: But with this date thing, I love Hawkeye a lot. He's like one of my... I think favorite TV leads of all time. I'm just gonna say it. I love Alan Alden's role. I think he's such like a charming guy, but he is just like a an absolute dog of dog. a man. Mm-hmm. He's not a man that you like want a long term relationship in your life at this point in his character development. So like, yeah, it totally makes sense why he is like. Oh, by the way, I'm married. To get you away from me as soon as like a hard no.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was kind of mean. I didn't I didn't like it, but also it wasn't it was very hawkeye. It was very yeah. first season
1: hawkeye, you know what I in mean? In character, but also you're like, For that sure. ain't that ain't like a good real world thing <laughs> That's to do. Mean. <laughs>
0: <laughs> also, I have to mention, we get Hojon in this episode, and this is actually his last episode that he's ever in. So originally i was gonna say why isn't Hojon in college (laughs) wasn't he supposed to go to college already and then i realized that this is the last episode that he's in so i guess after he goes to college but i thought that it was really really sweet that he wanted like memorabilia or something from the swamp because he just enjoyed his time being with hawkeye and trapper so much i thought that was just so sweet
1: yeah I love seeing Ho John. I know that we were like, Where's why is that boy not in college? But uh, every time this this actor showed up, every time this character appeared, uh I don't know, he's just got like a good good vibe to him. Mm-hmm. He he's like every time you see him he's like, Oh, this is a good good guy.
0: Yeah, I liked
1: his character a lot. And I'm kinda sad that this is the last appearance, but also in headcanon, you're like, Well, He's he's in the states now. He's getting an education. So good for him.
0: We always want the best for Hojan.
1: Yeah, Ho-John, uh write us from college. Come on, you can do it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so this would not be an episode without me ragging on Frank, right? So do you want to talk about Frank and Margaret's little like breakup tryst kind of thing? I don't. I don't really know what to call it.
1: Yeah, this was this was very interesting for me because. I never like how they characterize Margaret as, like, falling over herself for Frank. But also, I thought some of this was, like, genuinely pretty funny when Mm -hmm. she's just, like, fully breaking down. like... Okay, so Frank and Margaret are, of course, saying goodbye to each other. And Frank is married, so they, unlike Hawkeye and all these girls... Uh, truly have no room for being in a relationship after the war at least by the standards of being in a uh, married man in the 1950s <laughs> they cannot be openly together so it's all them trying to have their last date and kind of having to deal with like truly saying goodbye and it it eventually comes to margaret is just completely breaking down and what I thought was funny was like, oh, I'll learn to live with your wife. I could be your nurse. I could be your patient. I could do this. I could do that. Please. Just the, like her performance of it, I thought was genuinely very funny. Uh, I liked how yeah. Loretta Swit performed this part. I thought it was genuinely well done.
0: Yeah, I really liked, I mean, I didn't like this part because, you know, I don't like the idea that Margaret and Frank are in an adulterous relationship and all that kind of stuff, and that Margaret would commit suicide (laughs) without Frank.
1: I missed that part.
0: Did you not get that part? Okay, so in the episode, it's kind of interspliced into the rest of the scenes. As it goes on, they're periodically getting drunker and drunker and drunker, and the last scene with them in margaret's tent <laughs> margaret says something along the lines of oh you don't have to worry about me i'll be dead and frank's like wait what no i completely she, <laughs> you didn't I get missed
1: th- that part
0: she says oh i'll just stick my head in the oven and it'll be over quick and that's when she then frank kind of like pulls her up and is like oh no don't do that and that's when she says oh take me home with you like i'll be your nurse i'll be your patient i'll be your whatever your wife will learn to love me i can't believe you didn't get that part
1: (laughs) i swear to god unlike last episode where i checked out uh and completely missed all the the funny ending bits i was fully paying attention to this one i have no (laughs) idea where i was Maybe I was, like, writing down a different line or whatever for a note. I don't know where I was for the Margaret suicide bit, because that makes this whole thing way less funny. I'll be real. It makes the the funny haha of her wanting to be his nurse or his patient way less funny when she's like, by the way, if you break up with me, I'm gonna die. That's so sad oh my goodness
0: yeah i don't even know what to say i can't believe you missed that wow that's again that's my only comment
1: (laughs) very bad podcaster as it turns out just uh take the job away from me hire a different host (laughs) someone who actually pays attention to the show
0: (laughs) eventually we get everybody into the mess tent for this final goodbye party and you have the general there, and you get this idea that it's it might actually be, you know, starting to happen. You see on Trapper's face that he is starting to maybe believe that there will actually be a ceasefire. Because, you know, it's just, it's a party, right? So everyone's laughing and having a good time. The war is supposedly going to be over and whatnot. And I really liked this scene of just everybody kind of coming together kind of just for that one last hurrah but of course hawkeye has to kind of ruin it and he puts on this slideshow of pictures of general clayton when he's come to the camp and he and margaret are kind of like kissing and hugging and stuff in a jeep and that just felt really creepy to me i was like why are you photographing this guy and this nurse that you work with all the time like why are you photographing them together that's so exploitative and kind of gross
1: Because Hawkeye is a dog we've got over this he's not a good <laughs> person but he's a very charming person so it works out uh yeah this whole bit was kind of odd like I I understand. I didn't really have the like weird voyeurism bit that you uh felt I was just like oh this is an inappropriate thing to show it like a going away party and this hawkeye like burning the military bridge but you know i i I understand where you're coming from now
0: (laughs) i definitely feel like this was hawkeye's last hurrah of course of being like i am not dealing with the military and rank and stuff like that anymore so i have literally nothing to lose and this is why he did that and even general clayton says oh pierce if there wasn't a ceasefire going on it's kind of suggesting like he would be in a lot of trouble if he showed these pictures and there wasn't a ceasefire but yeah it, it was not surprising but it was i was just like wow of course like of course we get this
1: i'm i'm just kind of surprised that i mean i guess it's been implied in other episodes but i th- Thought that Margaret and General Clayton's relationship was a little more on the down low. I didn't think that it was like so well known to Hawkeye that he would broadcast pictures of it to the camp as if like it was just common knowledge, you know?
0: Well, like we said, this is Hawkeye's last chance to like humiliate Margaret and kind of also humiliate Frank because Margaret is like kind of cheating on Frank with general clayton yeah it's just it's a whole situation that that's she gets around that's crazy
1: she uh you know she does and we can't shame her for it it's it's fine <laughs> frank is obviously like my word uh even though that he is also cheating so like he doesn't have a leg like to stand <laughs> on but I thought Margaret's response to it was very funny, where she was just like, he's a close family friend. That's <laughs> kind of insane. That's a weird justification, Margaret. I, uh, I don't think that makes the situation better. <laughs> <laughs> so after Hawkeye it makes it absolutely clear that he is completely done with this place, Including tearing up his uh, poker IOUs, which apparently equals like $1,500 or something. <laughs> it's revealed that the ceasefire is not happening. And immediately everyone is like, all right, back to work. And it was kind of. How do you feel about this?
0: It happened really quickly. The most of the episode was just kind of everyone dealing with the ceasefire and dealing with the ramifications of the war being over and then when we found out that that wasn't going to happen it immediately there were choppers on the way so everyone kind of had to get back into surgery and yeah then the episode was just kind of over so I didn't really have time to take in that oh no all these characters were you know celebrating for nothing it felt kind of sad and it felt really like Ugh, almost, but no one seemed as sad and upset as you would think they would be, you know what yeah. I mean?
1: This made me sad, because again, looking at the show as a whole, you're like, well, I know that in like their world, in-universe, they're not there for 11 years, because it's longer than the real Korean War, but I'm just like, oh my god, they they thought they were done and they're they have eleven more years to go, like the war is so far from <laughs> over, they're literally stuck there for so long. It made me like existentially sad where I'm like, "Oh, buddies, you have no idea what's coming for you. You've got such a long road ahead of you, and yeah, they don't they didn't like overly react, which I think is realistic if you're working on a military base, you're gonna be like, "Yeah, okay." And I thought that was pretty realistic.
0: Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think that you get that one scene of Hawkeye, like the close up of Hawkeye, and he looks just really, really disappointed. Great and acting, great facial from Alan Alda. acting from Alan Alda, of course. Yes, of course. And yeah, that was basically it. And I did, I do agree that it seems realistic because you kind of have to account for that when it comes to you being in a war that there's gonna be potential ceasefires all the time before there is actually the ceasefire Mm -hmm. and i even think the show might deal with that later on i could definitely be wrong but i do think the show deals with potential ceasefires a couple more times later on
1: and again they're they're there for so long it would be weird if this was the only uh ceasefire ever brought up like it wouldn't even feel like they're recycling the same thing it would feel like a very just like honest thing of like well maybe it's over this time and then it's not and you're like, "Well, great. Here we go again." <laughs> this show's so sad, man. I love this show, but when you when you think about it, you're like, "Well, this is a sad show about a bunch of people who are in a war they shouldn't be in in a medical base that they don't want to be at."
0: Speaking of that, I do want to before we wrap up, I want to talk about one final scene that was in the kind of middle of the episode and before this last scene, where they find out that there's not going to be a ceasefire, uh, it's kind of the only really like downtrodden scene where Father Mulcahy stops everybody and kind of stops the audience too, and says, you know, let's pray for the people who we lost, and I think that that was just such a great scene. It was really quick because I don't think they wanted to really take away from the festivities and happiness of the rest of the episode until the final scene, but it was kind of letting everyone know, you know, yes, we're all happy and we can be happy that the war is over, but remember that there are people here, or there are people who are not here to celebrate with us, and that is really the whole Mm -hmm. tragedy and crux, and we should be excited, but also remember that there are people who
1: passed away. Father Mulcahy was so good in this episode. He's only in like a scene or two, but his bits were like genuinely just so good. I think William Christopher is his name, right? His Mm -hmm. performance as Father Mulcahy like wasn't you know a showy part, but I think he just portrays this character, this like man of God, very well. Where he's like just so earnest and like, loving. I love this scene with him. Thank you for bringing it up because I almost completely forgot about it. But this scene's definitely a, a highlight of the episode for me.
0: Are there any other scenes that we didn't talk about that you really liked or any other one-liners? Because I don't have much trivia for this episode except the fact that Hojan is no longer a scene.
1: Well, in the beginning, like the first scene before they announce the ceasefire, they're in the OR and they've been there for three days. And... Henry says to, I think, Hawkeye and Frank, as usual, because they're always squabbling, he says, like, "Uh, quit beefing, you two. I'm like, they said beefing back in the 50s slash (laughs) 70s? That's, I didn't know that. That line caught me really off guard.
0: (laughs) What's so funny is that when you watch old shows like MASH or older shows, and you realize that every kind of saying or anything from our generation is just recycled from previous generations it's true
1: i legit thought that beefing was a thing that started in like the 90s like i had no idea that like it goes back so far there are other lines that i i liked but like that was the one that like i felt like i had to bring up on the show because it caught (laughs) me so off guard (laughs) that's so funny what about you do you have any uh favorite lines
0: so this is kind of not funny, but um, it's it's pretty serious. When Trapper and Hawkeye are in the swamp and Trapper says to Hawkeye, you know, I don't believe it. I They make, we didn't even talk about this, but they make a bet that the ceasefire isn't going to happen. And this is when they're making the bet. And... Hawkeye is saying to Trapper you know how could you be so down and upset like there's there's probably going to be this ceasefire he starts to say you know there's not going to be any more war there's not going to be any more fighting and he says this one line of no more putting kids back together so that they can die at a more convenient time and I was kind of taken aback by that line of just wow that is so hard-hitting and that is kind of what they're doing unfortunately And it really impacted me. Like I felt it in my chest when he said it and he delivered it so like nonchalantly almost. And it was such a hard line. That was such a standout moment for me.
1: Yeah. Uh, Now I feel dumb for mentioning the beefing line because I did make note of that. (laughs) But I was like, no, beefing's what's important here. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I think the show's really good at hitting you with these really dramatic lines that are delivered very casually and very, like, honestly, Mm -hmm. where you're not thinking that's, like, a melodramatic state. Like, what that line is, is very melodramatic, but it just feels so honest about what surgery in war, like, is, that I think I've said this before, but there are some lines in the show that, like, if you saw in, like, the beginning of a book, like, the, the epitaph, and it was just like ran mm-hmm. out and it was like attributed to Hawkeye or like Henry Blake or whatever, you'd be like, Oh yeah, that's a real quote that like a real man said and not like mm-hmm. a one liner from a comedy T V show. Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah. I thought that this episode was fun with so much underlying sadness. Mm-hmm. I I thought it was a really good episode. Very much season finale vibes but yeah what i'm is- excited
1: to watch this next one it's weird that this one isn't the season finale i i honestly have no idea what the season finale story is going to be i hope that it's something either like just very light and very fun and like nails the comedy or it's something that's like kind of hard hitting i don't want something that's in between i want like one or the other you know what i'm saying
0: Yeah, I definitely feel you on that one. I don't remember, usually I don't remember the episode titles, but I'll remember when the episode starts playing, what the episode's about and what's going to happen. So I don't remember this. Oh, I just remembered what the (laughs) season finale's about. So (laughs) live on air, (laughs) but... I don't think you'll be disappointed if that's what you're looking for.
1: Okay, okay. Well, we'll uh, we'll get to that next week. I'm very excited to talk so about excited. it. So excited. Um, this episode is pretty good. It wasn't like spectacular, but it definitely was remarkably solid. I'll give it that. It was like a very just good episode of Mash.
0: Definitely. All right, so just to wrap up, we'd like to give thanks to Jacob breer for being our technical consultant, Melissa, my sister, for cover art, and of course, our listeners. Thank you so much. Our music, social media, and contacts for the show are linked in the description, as always. And until next time, don't rip up your poker IOUs until you're absolutely sure the war is over. Goodbye, farewell, and amen.
1: Bye, everyone.